All right, Patriots, hardliners, warriors for Christ, it's time to stand up and take your nation back. Are you ready? It's time to assemble. It's time to return God back at the top of the throne where he belongs and get Christ back in our heart where he belongs. They've crossed this line one too many times, and we are going to take this nation back once and for all. Isaiah 42, 13 reminds us, the Lord goes forth like a warrior, like a man of war, he stirs up his fury. He shouts out his battle cry against his enemies, he shows his might, and that's what we will do here at his heart line. We will show his might. They have crossed this line for the last time. So let's take this nation back. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. It is Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. And uh, I tell you, it is a beautiful evening here in West Michigan. God bless America. God bless Michigan. Man, I tell you, it's been really, really nice up here. Um, I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the hosts. They're the ones that run this show. And they're the ones that are steering this ship through these crazy chaotic waters that we call life. And, uh, yeah. And, but, you know, again, like I always say, put your trust in the Lord and he will steer you through the storm into a safe harbor. Just, you have to give 100% surrender to him. Like I was just saying in the last show. And so anyway, I got a couple things I wanted to go over before I got into the meat and potatoes of what I wanted to discuss. And so today you're listening to a, his hardline discussion and, um, it's titled, evil in plain sight. And so we're going to discuss a few things that are a little bit heavy topic and, and we're going to kind of actually connect this with, uh, how we fix the, you know, the issues at hand. And, um, I'm going to tell you right now, everything that we are seeing in the news and, you know, what we're hearing in the media with regards to groomers and, you know, corrupt politicians and, you know, child trafficking, drug trafficking, sex trafficking, uh, you know, um, the, the, the theft of our, you know, of, a, of our nation's minerals, um, the, the, you know, the taxation without representation, you know, all of these issues that oppress us and keep a boot, if you will, a metaphorical boot over our throats by the tyrannical dictators in charge in D.C., or at least, you know, whatever's left of them. There's an answer to all that, and that's called the National Assembly, the Assembly of States, the lawful assembly, not the one that stat does status corrections, just so I'm clear. We're not that assembly. We're the assembly that actually works for the common good of all, not just for our own self-individual self-interest of trying to get away from paying taxes. No, we, we actually care about sovereignty. We care about returning to the rule of law and getting back to a true de jure republic where the people self-govern themselves. But we can't get there without your participation. And so if you want to find out more about it, you can go check it out at www.national-assembly.net and start poking around in there. And yeah, if you're an adult, a man or a woman with a, you know, half a brain, you'll be able to figure out who to contact, what numbers to call, or what emails to email to try to ask for more information about what's going on in your state. I'm not going to be holding people's hands anymore. I did. We're done. Not doing that. If you can't figure out a basic website to, you know, find information more about what's going on with your state assemblies, then uh, you're probably not the people we want. So, you know, you, you got to take accountability. You got to own up to your own actions. And, and so if you want to be part of this movement, 
of returning back to self-governance, you, you have to, you have to do your own due diligence. You have to do your own research and reading and dig in, get below the surface. It seems like a lot of people don't like doing that because it requires a little bit of time. It requires a little bit of work and God forbid, it requires a little bit of reading. Nobody knows how to read anymore, except a couple lines, you know, scrolling through social media to see what Johnny or Mary is eating or drinking or where they're out to eat at or what car they just bought or, you know, where they're vacationing. That's about the extent of reading that most Americans do, it seems like. And so anyway, before I get into the meat and potatoes of the show, there is a, a sound clip I wanted, to, I wanted to play. And I caught it from, I want to say, and I think she's listening in, as a matter of fact. I got it from a, a page on Telegram, Karen the Riveter. And it was a video of a girl um, who was vax injured. And she posted the video and I think her commentary, I don't have the commentary directly in front of me, but basically the, the commentary was, you know, when things start coming out more and more, and we, you know, the drip drips become more of a flood of information of, you know, with regards to the true truth that people have been so ignorant and blinded to, um, you know, it, it's going to be very hard to restrain ourselves from having that. Hey, I told you so moment, but see, in this case, I think what she was saying, like in this case, as it pertains to the vax injured, yeah, sure. They were stupid to go get it. We have family. I have family. Excuse me. Got hiccups. I have family and friends that got it. You know, both liberal and conservative. Some because of their jobs. Some because of, you know, they had to get it because they're, you know, caregivers for their elderly parents. And in order to take them into a quote unquote medical facility, they had to have the jab. And then some people were just straight up ignorant and thought that the unvaxxed were like the dumbest people in the world and that we were the big super spreaders. But listen to this, listen to this clip real quick. It is actually sad. Just give this a listen to. I was asked to reply to a comment. What do I think of people who refuse the vaccine, the COVID vaccine? Um, I've been hurt by the Pfizer vaccine. I have... CIDP, chronic inflammation demyelination polyneuropathy. It's changed my life completely. If I had to do it all over again, I would have never got the vaccine. Um, I do work in healthcare, so I do work with patients. So where I work, we were told, you know, if you get the vaccine, you'll save lives, you won't get sick, you won't die. The media was saying the same thing. So I believed it. Um, my friends that didn't get the vaccine, I thought, how could you not get it? You're going to go home. What if you spread it? What if you have it? You don't know it and you give it to your family members. The worst case scenarios were playing out in my head because of what I was seeing inside the facility. We would have cookouts and things like that with my friends. I had a lot of friends that are unvaccinated and they still aren't vaccinated. We'd have cookouts and at first I was scared to go go there because I thought, oh my gosh, what if they're spreading COVID? It was like the dumbest thing I've ever thought of now that I think of it. Um, and once I started hanging out with them and things, they weren't getting sick. And the ones that did get sick, they got COVID lightly. They were back on their way. I had already gotten my vaccine. I had already started having issues and seeing a 
neurologist. I totally have changed my mind. They were the smart ones. They were the ones that didn't wear the masks. They were the ones that hung around each other and never caught it, never spread it. Some of the ones did get vaccinated because of their jobs. But the ones that aren't, I totally commend you and I wish I was one of you. I think very highly of you. And I'm upset with myself. No job is worth it. No job. So there's my answer. Yeah. And so you got to, you, you almost, you know, I, I don't want to say, look, I feel bad for anybody that, that gets this. All right. I really do. Um, I, I'd be heartless if I said I didn't. And yeah. And so Karen, the Riveter, who's listening in, she posted her telegram post. You could see the actual video and you can watch that video there. And you, you know, there's there, you could tell it was not a staged thing because when, you watched her facial reactions as she was telling the story and you can hear it in her voice too. You could definitely tell that she felt so stupid that she had been duped and conned and the system from the de facto to big pharma to the media that we've all been brainwashed to trust. And I'm sure public school systems, AKA indoctrination systems. Okay. Which by the way, if you still have kids in school, maybe you might want to take them out of public schools, maybe homeschool them, or at least very minimum, get them in a private school. But even still, I don't know if I would even trust that, but here's the thing. These schools, these governments, the de facto, the, the corporations, the, the whole system as a whole that we've all been, you know, taught to trust has screwed so many people over now. At the same time, there's a small part of me that doesn't feel bad. Why? Because, again, and I'm going to try to be very delicate with this because, again, it is very, it is sad to see the amount of people that have been duped. But the information has been out there. And I know people like me weren't the only ones chirping in your ear saying, uh, you don't want to get that vaccine because of, you know, there's mRNA technology in there. I mean, heck, if you go to the Moderna's website, it actually tells you that, you know, that their vaccines have the technology of life. And I may and I might be mis miswording it, but it basically says that the, their vaccines are the software of life. Go to their website. It's it's written in text. These vaccines, these jabs, they're not good for you. In fact, not just this one, all of them. All of them are not good for you. I tell you what, let me say something. Let me say this. My wife and I have certainly awakened to a lot of stuff. And so the information's out there. It's just up to you if you have the ears to hear it or the eyes to really truly see it and want to understand and dig below the surface and do a little bit more digging and researching. And so, yeah, I feel, you know, to a degree, yeah, I feel bad for this girl. But you know what? Maybe with a little bit of prayer, you know, Maybe with a little bit of prayer and repentance, you know, listen, all things are possible through God. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and judge her because I'm not going to be the first one throwing stones. Absolutely not. And so that kind of gets me into the, the next topic. So the information's out there, right? 
the information is out there. And just like, you know, the toxicity of, you know, and the fatality of these jabs, you know, then you got the topic of, you know, Pizzagate and, you know, the corrupt criminal politicians in the Hollywood elitist with their pedophilia. And, you know, the adrenochrome extraction. I mean, there's so many stories and so many truths that we have been slowly getting exposed to, but those that had the ears to hear and the eyes to see that have been trying to really sound the alarm for the last two years in a lot of the truther movement. And I will say this, I know I had a show the other day called Half Truthers, but if there's one thing I will say, I will say this, that they did. A lot of these half truthers actually put out some pretty good, solid information. But again, they are not telling the most relevant information, which is the solution to beat all of the stuff that they talk about. And again, the solution is through the assembly of people. We are sovereign men and women under God with unalienable rights. And we have the ability to overthrow the evil and toss it on its ass. And so tonight, as we discussed evil in plain sight, it kind of, I don't want to say it piggybacks off of what um, Stu Peters had with his uh, one-hour you know, uh, premiere yesterday at 6 p.m. about uh, the little ones, which was about child trafficking. But then um, Donna Brandenburg, who's running for governor in Michigan, which, by the way, she is on the primary or on the ballot for November um, because she's part of the taxpayer party, you know, of Michigan. Um, let me see if I can find what she wrote this morning. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Let's see here. There was a post. I wish I would have put this in my notes, but I was ill prepared on that. Let's see here. Here it is. This is what she wrote. And it, you know, she posted this with a YouTube video, which again, if you haven't been following her on YouTube, uh, Telegram, go give her a follow. She is an excellent researcher. And this is what the post says. It says, we need to ask some hard questions about government organizations. Is our government actively engaged in human trafficking? Is CPS the largest player in trafficking children? How about the so-called religious 501c3s? Yeah, that would be most churches across America. Who hide under the cloak of assumed righteous organizations to earn our trust while they traffic children. Under the moniker of refugee resettlement. Where are all these kids going? We are going to eliminate the process of taking children from families from families uh, baby selling by our own complicit pedophilic, excuse me, pedophile political bottom feeders. Yes. And the video that she posted was a, uh, a senator by the name of Nancy Schaefer, who I believe was murdered, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, like 10 years ago, I think, or 2010. It was a while back, over 10 years ago, at least, because she was trying to expose the corruption of CPS and the profiteering of states by kidnapping children through the legal system and, re and selling them. It's an ugly truth that we're going to have to face, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you what. If you didn't go to Stu Peters, you can find the, the, the podcast. You can find the premiere on uh, Podbean, actually. 
just type in Stu Peters. You'll find his uh, show, the Stu Peters show and uh, listen to that documentary. Let me tell you what, wow, it, that was, that was, it was something else. It was very disturbing too, because they got into talking about Isaac Cappy and what he was trying to expose and, you know, some of the, the struggles that he had to deal with. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very dark, sinister path that we're going to be kind of, you know, trudging down. But here's the thing. We can't fix what we don't know. You know, we can't, let me, let me say this. It's hard to fix what we don't really fully comprehend. Um, I almost said understand. I will, I hate saying understanding because we do not stand under child trafficking. No, we're above it, but we have to comprehend it so that we can, you know, expose the belly of the beast and beat it. And so let's see, I'm just trying to think of which way I want to start here. Let me just start here. So, you know, the horrific practice. Now, if you look at child sacrificing in the Bible, it's been around for hundreds of thousands, you know, it's been around for hundreds of years, thousands, you know, even a a couple of millennia. And so the horrific practice of child sacrifice has been, you know, committed throughout the world for thousands of years. And generally the sacrifice of a child was intertwined with the worship of a pagan deity, often a fertility god. And so worshipers sought to obtain a blessing from their gods, little g, or to confirm or complete a vow taken in the name of God, little g. And so you had the ancient Aztecs and the Incas and a few other peoples in the South and Central American, you know, America practice child sacrificing. And the same for the Druids of Europe. And so the city of Carthage in North Africa contains evidence, actually, of child sacrifice related to the worship of Baal, Haman, a god imported from Phoenicia, and many Roman writers refer to this barbaric act in Carthage. And so the Bible contains the heartbreaking tale of child sacrifice practiced in the name of Moloch, which was a god of the Ammonites, and Moloch worship was practiced by the Ammonites and the Canaanites who revered Moloch as a protecting father figure. And images of Moloch were made of bronze and their outstretched arms were heated red hot. And living children were then placed into the idol's hands and died there and were rolled into a fire pit below. And some sources indicate a child might also be passed through the fire prior to the actual sacrifice in order to purify or baptize a child. How sick is that? And so Moloch worship occurred in the Hinnom Valley near Jerusalem. Because of this, the valley became associated with the idea of Topet or hell. And you can see that reference in Isaiah 30, 33, Jeremiah 19, 12, and Mark 9, 45. And so God prohibited Israel from child sacrifice in general and Moloch worship in particular. In Leviticus chapter 22 through 5 states, Say to the Israelites, any Israelite or any foreigner residing in Israel who sacrifices any of his children to Moloch is to be put to death, and the member of the community are to stone him. And I myself will set my face against him and will cut him off from his people. For by sacrificing his children to Moloch, he has defiled my sanctuary and profaned my holy name. If the members of the community close their eyes when that man sacrifices one of his children to Moloch, and if they fail to put him to death, I myself will set my face against him and his family and will cut them off from their people together with all who follow him and prostituting themselves to Moloch. And many 
other Old Testament passages affirm God's zero tolerance for child sacrifice. And you know what we've been doing as a nation while abortion went on for years and years and years and years? What did we do? We closed our eyes and we turned the other cheek. We looked the other way. We turned a blind eye and we pled ignorance. We pled ignorance. I'm so glad, even though it's part of the de facto corporation, that the Supreme Court, again, a de facto arm of the corporation, made their ruling, if you will, to put the power back to the states. That's the way, that's the way it should have been anyways. And that's the way it's going to continue to be. And so in that vein, Jesus tells the disciples that, it, you know, uh, excuse me, wrong notes. And so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, sadly, King Solomon became involved in the horrendous practice as recorded in 1 Kings 11, 4 through 11. And as Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God. And as the heart of David, his father had been. And he followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites. And so Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord on a hill east of Jerusalem. And so Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and for Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites. And the, and the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord and the god of Israel, who had appeared to him twice, although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods. And Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. And so later, the evil king... Manasseh offered his own son as a sacrifice, as did King Ahaz. And the people of Judah participated in this crime against their own sons, a sin so detestable, so detestable, that God said it had never even crossed his mind. And that's what it says in Jeremiah 32, 35. It says, They built high places of Baal in the valley of the son of Hinnon, to offer up their sons and daughters to Moloch, though I did not command them, nor did I enter in my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. Yeah. And so today, in modern times, child sacrificing is still practiced throughout the whole entire world. And there has been a resurgence of child sacrifice in Uganda. And then there's witch doctors, which have been implicated in the mutilation and death of children who were killed in an effort to bring good fortune and wealth to those willing to pay for it? Really? And so there is also a correlation between child sacrifice and modern-day abortion, which also ties into child trafficking. And unprecedented numbers of children had been sacrificed and trafficked at the hands of abortionists and, and other criminals and satanic people for the sake of convenience, immorality, pride, wealth. Hundreds of thousands of babies have been abducted and killed so that their parents can maintain, well, as far as abortion, have been killed so that their parents can maintain a certain lifestyle of convenience. And God hates hands that shed innocent blood. And we can be sure that God will judge this horrendous sin. Now, I'm going to play a variety of sound clips here to kind of illustrate just exactly how in our face this stuff is. I mean, right in plain sight. Now, first thing I'm going to play, and you might remember this from a kid. It was a movie from the 40s from a 
movie company called Disney. Maybe you might have remembered this movie, you know, about a little marionette that becomes, you know, becomes a real boy. Pinocchio. Let's listen to this one scene real quick with Honest John. Okay, let's listen to this horrific scene without the visual. Just listen to this. And he still thinks we're his friends. <laughs> and it's Tromboli Pay. Plenty. <laughs> that shows you how low Honest John will stoop. <laughs> eh, Giddy? Now, uh, Coachman. What's your proposition? Well, how would you blokes like to make some real money? Well, and who do we have to, uh... No, no, nothing like that. You see? I'm collecting stupid little boys. Stupid little boys? You know, the disobedient ones, what play you give from school. Oh. And you see... And I take them to Pleasure Island. Ah, Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island? But the law, suppose they... No, no, there's no risk. They never come back. As boys. <laughs> yeah. So that was from the 40s. Now think about that for a second. Okay. First off, let's think about this a little bit. Now, uh, just so for full transparency purposes, I did not prepare really any notes on this. This was just going to be strictly a solid conversation organically. Come into, you know, whatever comes to my mind, whatever God places on my heart based on some of these sound clips that we're playing. But remember, first off, what was the man's name that built the marionettes? Geppetto. Geppetto. The pedo. The pedophile. You think that was maybe intentionally done? to start planting the seed, if you will, it's Satan's way of planting the seed of corruption to get a normalization at some point down the road in their long game to normalize pedophilia and sexual relations with kids and the abduction of kids. You, I mean, think about it. Geppetto, that's no accident. Now you get into... You know, the little boy becomes, you know, the, the little marionette becomes a real boy. And again, when you look, when you listen to that clip about Pleasure Island, kind of reminds me a little something like, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe Epstein Island. You know, where Ghislaine and, 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 and um, oh, I can't even think of his name. I don't even want to think. Jeffrey Epstein. Where they abduct kids and little 
boys and girls and bring them to the island for the elites to do whatever sick things that they do. I don't even want to think about it. Here's another clip I want you to kind of listen to. Now, it kind of talks about Pinocchio as well and Peter Pan. It's a little bit of a breakdown, so listen to this for a second. Geppetto is a clockmaker in a vaguely European Disney-esque country around the turn of the century who makes a marionette named Pinocchio and then wishes for him to become a real boy. I wish that my little Pinocchio might be a real boy. The Blue Fairy comes down and grants his wish, but in a pure dick move, only grants the wish halfway because apparently fairies can just do that <laughs> for the lols. I've given you life because tonight Geppetto wished for a real boy. Am I a real boy? No, Pinocchio. So instead of Pinocchio becoming a real boy, he instead becomes a living puppet monster. Geppetto wakes up, sees that his marionette has come to life, and, like anyone would do in this situation, goes back to sleep. The next morning, though, he then shoves Pinocchio out the door, saying, Hey, you've existed for 12 hours now. Surely you can figure out school, right? On the way, Pinocchio meets two foxy swindlers, Honest John Fowlfellow and Gideon, who proceed to swindle Pinocchio several times into doing multiple stupid things, like becoming an actor. Go ahead! Make a fool of yourself. Until finally leaving with them to Pleasure Island along with a horde of kidnapped children. Once Pinocchio and the small army of young boys arrive at Pleasure Island, they drink, smoke, trash a mansion, and destroy all the rides. So basically, they become the 1940s equivalent of Team 10. Every day, bro. But every good vacation has to come to an end. And the boys start to regret all that indulgence when they start turning into literal donkeys. Yeah. Tell me. That now, and I guess I had my I had my uh, sound clip a little messed up. I thought I went and talked about Peter Pan, but again, he was talking about abducting little boys, trafficking them, and bringing them to Pleasure Island, which then they turned into donkeys, and then those donkeys were sold to go work salt mines and the circus. I was actually watching the uh, when I was watching on YouTube, I was watching the uh, the scene for it. And you could see where the donkeys were going. You could see, okay, this one went to the circus. This one went to the salt mines. You know, it's no different with the trafficking of children. You know, there's a big industry in this, and there's a lot of money to be made. In fact, let's talk about how much money they can be made here. And in, in, in this, again, another, another, you know, Pinocchio reference. Listen to this. This is kind of interesting shit, too. What do you think I look like? A jackass? It's revealed that the big scheme behind the entirety of Pleasure Island is to transform boys into donkeys, who are then sold off to work in salt mines while the owners of Pleasure Island make themselves a hefty little profit. Or is there actually a profit to be had here at all? This whole thing sounds so ridiculous and far-fetched. Is there any chance that kidnapping kids, transforming them into donkeys, and then selling them off to the highest bidder is actually a profitable business venture? I mean, look at this. The kids destroy the amusement park. So should the owners of Pleasure Island just scrap their half-assed plans, or, or I guess in this case, fully-assed plans, and just sell off the park to become yet another Six Flags? No. No, they shouldn't. Child kidnapping and donkey sales are actually surprisingly profitable, and I'm about to show you how. Aren't Disney episodes fun? So the first question is, how much is a donkey actually worth? Going by equinenow.com's prices, it seems like most jackasses today sell between $500 and 
$2,000 each. Unless, of course, you're an MTV-branded jackass, in which case you're worth $2.5 million. <clears throat> Since our child jackasses are certainly more intelligent than most, we'll use the $2,000 per jackass price range. You are a great donkey. You are like top donkey. <laughs> Since Pinocchio happened sometime around the late 1800s or early 1900s, as indicated by the Ferris wheel, first introduced in 1893, we're gonna adjust for inflation and estimate that each donkey is selling for about $76 in Pinocchio's time. And just how many of these donkeys is the coachman able to sell off in a batch? Well, to answer that, we first need to know how many little boys he's gotten himself a hold of. The best way to estimate the total donkey load isn't actually to count the boys at Pleasure Island, but rather it's to look at how they all got there. This Mississippi-style steamboat that transports all the boys to the island also tells us how many victims we're gonna be looking at. Passenger riverboats of this size with three decks have an absolute max capacity of 2,155 people. So given the coachman's unscrupulous morals and lax safety records, I mean, just look at the kids falling between Ferris wheel cars. We can assume that he's stuffing the maximum number of kids onto this thing as possible, especially since children are so much smaller than adults and these boys aren't carrying any luggage. So we're gonna subtract a standard 50 people to account for the boat crew of a steamer that large, which leaves us with room for a whopping 2,105 young boys. It's truly a pretty horrifying level of evil that's going on here in Pleasure Island. That's not even accounting for all the rampant racism and underage smoking. So multiplying everything out, we have 2,104 donkeys. We minus one because Pinocchio escapes. $76 each gives us $159,904, which might not seem like all that much, but remember, this is money way back at the turn of the century. Accounting for inflation, the coachman is looking to net a whopping $4,208,000. That's $4,000,000 of $2,018. So... Yeah, and so that's exactly the sick and evil part of all of this with the child trafficking is because of the huge heavy profiting, which we're going to get into a little bit further here in some other sound clips that are non-Disney related. But here's one more other thing. Now, before I play this other sound clip, you know, I've been thinking a lot about Disney movies lately. I've been thinking about a lot of the things that I once grew up watching, thinking that it was so innocent, right? Until you get eyes to see as you get older and you start rooting yourself in Christ and you start looking at things with a different lens. Take the movie Monsters Incorporated, for example, that I refuse to allow my daughter to watch anymore. And I used to like that movie actually a, a lot. But then 2020 rolled around and I started awakening to more stuff and I started researching and digging into some actual truther stuff. And in fact, as a matter of fact, it was my wife who actually really started opening my eyes along with my mom and my mother-in-law and other people about Pizzagate and what's going on with the, you know, the Epstein and, and, and just all that nonsense that, that, you know, takes place with the elite cabalist here. And, uh, I, I, I got to say, man, I tell you, it was actually depressed, depressing there for a while. Like I almost had to go through like a morning stage for like a month or two, kind of like without me even knowing I was going through that because I just couldn't believe of the atrocities and the six satanic things that were taking place right underneath our noses. And we were so stupid and blind and ignorant with our hands, heads in the sand that we didn't even see any of this happen, but it was right there in front of our face. You know, while they're programming people in kids, particularly with predictive programming, using Disney and Pixar. And so you take a movie like Monsters Incorporated, where, you know, the, the city of Monstropolis, in order for that city to maintain its, you know, survivability, it had to have a certain energy source from the kids and that the kids had to scream in fear. Okay, now this was at the beginning of the movie. So these monsters would, you know, 
go into this factory, which had a collection of doors, portals, if you will, and they would go into these portals. Okay. What's that sound like to you? Demons, right? Because demons travel through portal portals, as we always hear. All right. Now, I'm not an expert on demons, nor do I really want to be. But what I do know is that Jesus says that we do have the power to step on snakes and scorpions and that representing demons. And so, you know, you hold the power of Christ in your heart and you utter his you know, name. Yeah, they fall down and they have to recognize Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and as the king because he is the king of all. And so these monsters go through these doors or these portals to these little children's bedrooms and they scare the crap out of them, get them to scream bloody murder so that those screams can fill up little canisters on the other side of their realm, their world, their reality, right? In Monstropolis. And that energy is used for their survivability to you know, power the whole city that they live in. And if you think about it with regards to the whole adrenochrome thing, and I know that's a pretty heavy topic for people, and we're not going to cover that real too much, really, just because that's that's a pretty, that's a different show in it of itself. But if you think about it, that seems no different than what some of these sickos do to scare the hell out of these kids to get their fear levels up so they can extract the most amount of adrenochrome, which then they consume, I guess, supposedly thus giving them a more youthful appearance in fact that kind of reminds me as i'm talking about that that movie uh what is it uh um what is it not rapunzel what's it called tangled with rapunzel that's in it you know the little girl that gets kidnapped by this wicked old hag in the woods that lives in a tower and this hag in the movie steals Rapunzel and Rapunzel ends up having this magical hair somehow. I forgot what the, how the story went, but she had magical hair. And so with this little old nasty witchy hag discovered that as, as the, as Rapunzel sings, the hair glows. And as the hair glows, it has a aging, uh, it has like an aging, uh, reversal effect. And so it would turn the old hag back into a younger looking hag, if you will, uh, forgive my language, but that's the only, that's the only way I can explain it. And so Disney depicts a lot of this craziness with children and the trafficking of children and the, either the scaring of children for their, their, their fear to, you know, gain, you know, energy, um, or using their hair to, you know, uh, gain more youthfulness. I mean, these are all things that they hide right there under our noses. And we are none the wiser and haven't been any of the wiser for many, many decades because it wasn't something that was conceivable to the human mind. Even though the Bible has spoke about it and it, this, this type of evil existed a few thousand years already up to present day. Let's look at another sound clip and this was a movie i really liked watching it was called blank check it's another disney movie listen to this because again it kind of it kind of sets the stage back in the day and i think this movie was produced in the 90s i want to say and it kind maybe maybe late 90s early 2000s but it, it, it sets the stage for the idea of grooming listen to this Blank check. On paper, the premise of blank check sounds awesome. A young kid gets a blank check, fills it out for a million dollars, and gets all of the cash through a set of crazy circumstances. The execution of the film has some fun moments, but ultimately leaves a lot more questions than answers. For parents, one of the biggest revelations that came from the film is that you can't trust your children with any other adults. 
The young boy manages to hire a driver that takes him all around, barely questions the parental figures in his life, and helps him blow all $1 million in a matter of just six days. Then there's the female love interest in the film. The 11-year-old boy isn't trying to impress a classmate or next-door neighbor. He spends a majority of the movie using his money to woo Shay, an adult undercover FBI agent. They go on a date, run through a fountain, and even share a kiss towards the end of the movie. This is the type of stuff that teachers have been getting arrested for in recent years. It's pretty crazy that all of these events occurred before social media was even around. Yeah, and what? Didn't we just have like over like 280 teachers across the nation, I think it was? Forgive me if I have the number incorrect. If somebody's listening that wants to fact check me, by all means, be my guest. I'm trying to go off memory here, but I think I read something like already this year alone to the tune of like 280 some odd teachers got arrested for for you know for pedophilia and grooming whatever right i mean this is the kind of stuff that they hide right there in plain sight in movies now we're going to get into a couple of things that was in Stu peter's um the little ones all right but before we get into that you gotta you know my neighbor across the street when i was trying to red pill him and try to give him information and knowledge about what's really going on with our de facto government and how corrupt it is and you know trying to give him truth bombs about 9-11 and what was behind all that and you know and and and, and pizzagate and you know the the child sex trafficking that happens with dc to hollywood and to the corruption of the fbi and cia you know at the end of the day this guy actually stopped hanging around me for for a while we we're good friends you know we're friends now we hang out now to this day but for a while he had to keep his distance from me and one day I had a bonfire and he came moseying around my backyard because anybody who knows me, you know, if you see a fire in the backyard or the garage is open, you see me hanging out, you're, it's, a, it's an open pass. You know, if you know me, you're, you're welcome to come over. So he came moseying over and we started talking and uh, and he was like, yeah, man, sorry, I haven't been hanging out for, you know, you know, haven't come over and hung out in a while. And he was like, I just kind of needed a break. I'm like, what do you mean? You know, because I, I, I don't care. He's like, man, just some of the things you talk about. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, like, enlighten me. He's like, well, you know, just, you know, just some of the stuff that you were trying to teach me about, you know, with the, you know, with, with parents giving up their kids, you know, sometimes intentionally for money, you know, to people and, you know, politicians in DC to the child trafficking and the sex trafficking and the adrenochrome thing and all that other stuff that you're trying to tell me about. He goes, I just, you know, if it's true, you know, it was stressing me out. It was causing a lot of anxiety in me. And I just, I, I, I had to take a break from that because I couldn't hear it anymore. And I was like, dude, I'm sorry, man. All you have to do is tell me, look, man. You know, this topic really makes me uncomfortable and I would have respected it and I would have dropped it. But it was funny. I'll never forget what he said to me. He goes, it has to be very stressful to be in your mind. I'm like, why? He goes, because all the stuff you talk about, if it's true, he goes, that it blows my mind. If it's true, he goes, I hope it's not. I'm like, well, dude, um, I'm like, hey, this break it to you. But yeah, a lot of it is true. And if you only open up your eyes and ask God for that discernment and for the eyes to see and ears to hear, buddy. You're going to see more than you even care to realize. You're going to see more than I'm even able to explain to you. Listen to this for a second. It talks about the number of children that have vanished. All right. Now, this is from Stu Peters, The Little Ones. Listen to this real quick. There are hundreds of children in Arizona who are missing right now from state custody. But who is out there looking for them? Over one million children vanish each year. 
The FBI has found dozens of missing children in Los Angeles. It's all part of what's being called Operation Lost Angels. 83,000 each month. They found nearly 978 children went missing in 2019. 2,700 a day. 72 missing children across Indiana, Iowa, Ohio, and Georgia in the past several weeks. In the past several weeks. 115 per hour. In the meantime, the Arizona Department of Child Safety says tonight they can't locate 44 children who are supposed to be in their custody. One every 30 seconds. Some in this operation were trafficked, some sexually and or physically abused. This child trafficking thing is, is real. Is real. It's real. It has always existed. It has always existed. And it's existed for thousands of years. And it's not just, you know, to sell them for labor or nasty, disgusting sexual acts or whatever it is these people do with them or for adrenochrome. But these people, these kids get, unfortunately, they get trafficked because they want to create sacrifices to Baal or Moloch or Satan, right? They want to do it because they get enjoyment out of it. I really think that these movies that they made, Hostile, and if you haven't seen it, mm, I don't know if I would recommend seeing it now, but, you know, it's about college students that go take a trip over in Europe and then they get, you know, these American girls or guys, they get lured in and <clears throat> they get lured in. They make friends, they get, you know, they trust these people that, that lure them in. They get drugged. Before you know it, they're in some sort of underground bunker in some, you know, abandoned factory warehouse out in the middle of somewhere in Czechoslovakia or somewhere out in Europe or Prague, I think is what it was. And then these, these college students then get sold to the highest bidder. And if you haven't seen the movie, it's pretty gruesome. I, I, if you have a weak stomach, I, I, I wouldn't see it. But here's the thing. I, I don't really like to watch movies like this anymore. I used to, you know, back before I really, you know, um, asked Christ to restore my life. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even like thinking about it because these movies, I know, I know in my heart, these movies are documentaries of real life. And they're just telling us in plain view what they do. And they just you know, use the title movie and entertainment and you'd be none the wiser. And so, yeah. And so these, these rich elite people buy these college students only to go and, you know, I'm not even getting into details, basically take their, take their lives in very nasty, sick, demonic and painful, torturous ways. Michigan is one of the biggest states in the nation for child trafficking. In fact, the other day we were about, uh, we, we, uh, my mom, you know, she's here from Florida to visit and my wife and I and our daughter Haven, we went out to eat to a hibachi grill and my mom needed to stop at Meyer to go get something, pick up a few items. 
my daughter wanted to go inside. I said, no, you're going to stay with us because we're going to go get gas in the car while she, grandma goes, does that. And my mom was like, oh, let her come in. I said, uh, mm. I'm like, I don't really want to unbuckle her. Oh, let her come in. I'm like, nah. I'm like, look, I'm like, here's the thing. I'm like, you're going to watch her, like really, really watch her. And I think my mom took that the wrong way. She goes, all right, Haven, you got to stay in the car because mommy and daddy don't think I'm capable of, you know, watching you. And it's like, no, no, that's, that's not what I said. No. I said, here's the thing. We've heard and have seen way too many horror stories in Michigan and locally. I think my wife is just telling me a story just not too long ago. An Amazon driver in Heights, Ravana, I want to say, on Heights, Ravana Road, an Amazon driver, if I heard correctly from her, tried luring three children into his Amazon truck. Now, what in the hell are you going to do on the clock as an Amazon driver? I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I guess anything's possible. But yeah. That, and that's that's in our own backyard. There was stuff that happened in the Grand Haven Walmart. We were hearing stories about that. We were hearing stuff in Grand Rapids at a goodwill of a man that would follow a, a woman around with her children. I mean, yeah, this stuff is in every backyard across the country. And when I was in El Paso, Texas, hauling fuel from El Paso up to Albuquerque, New Mexico in 2020, I'll tell you what, I never heard so many Amber Alerts in, 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 in a day. I must have heard minimum one a day. I mean, what? We hear, what, maybe one or two, possibly three a year up here in Michigan? I heard one a day down there. And El Paso's right there on the other side of the border of Juarez, Mexico. That's cartel land down there. You know? This thing is a very real issue. Now, while I talk about the issues of child trafficking, again, I'm also going to talk about the solutions. Well, what are the solutions, Jason? What, you're just going to go guns blazing and start taking out the, you know, the pedophiles and the child traffickers worldwide? No. There's already task force involved with that. There's military operations that are going on with that. But we have a responsibility as people in this nation to do what's called the Assembly of States. Where we res where we rise the raise the de jure republic and get back to a constitutional republican form of government where we get back to self governance and we phase out the de facto while we raise our power back to where it should have been back in the eighteen hundreds, but because of the act of eighteen seventy one, we were infiltrated by foreign invaders through a system we call D.C. And it's been downhill ever since. And so, yes, how we fix this problem of child trafficking, sex trafficking, drug trafficking, crime, murder, fraud, theft. Yeah, it's called the Assembly of States because with the Assembly of States, then we rise up grand juries. And the grand juries, as the late Justice Antonin Scalia said, the grand juries belong to the people. And it's the people in the assembly that become jurists. For these grand jury trials that will take place from the county level up to the state level and to the federal level. And so we're going to need a ton of people to participate in your grand juries and to be involved in your local county and state assemblies. Because when these crimes against humanity start formulating and these trials start coming underway, we're going to need a very large pool of jurists. To be called for jury duty, in other words, but instead of being called for jury duty on the de facto side, like we're all used to seeing letters in our mail, it's going to be for the lawful grand jury, the de jure, the one 
that has trials that doesn't take three, four, five months to a year or three, four, five years. We're talking quick and speedy trial. Let's play another little clip here from, from, um, from Stu Peters thing regarding hospitals and the connection of uh, hospitals and doctors to CPS. And yes, Destry here in the chat board was also saying, and let's not forget the fourth and fifth branches of government that oversee the three branches. They're actually in the Bill of Rights. So you got, you know, your fifth branch, which is basically we the people, and then you got your fourth, which is the grand juries, which that serves as the buffer. That's like the referee. Okay. That that basically serves as protection against the lower three branches of government, the judicial, executive, and legislative legislature branches. All right. That's what the grand juries do. They make sure that those people in office and those three branches and the lower three branches, if they usurp their power, guess what? Here, cue up the grand juries. Let's listen to this one clip here with regards to hospitals and the connection of CPS. And we all agree. If you have history in your past, you know of a story of an abusive child who was saved by CPS, you can't then assume that CPS saves everybody. Who, who is mainly involved in CPS? Hospitals and doctors. Why? Because people trust hospitals and doctors. They shouldn't, but they do. And in the same hospital where babies are being born, the same hospital babies are being kidnapped. In the same place where people are being cured of cancer, the same place people are being killed with remdesivir and ventilators. And people can't separate that because they see it all as one. Something's either all good or it's all bad. But tonight, I'm talking about those children removed from their homes intentionally for profit. What is child trafficking? Child trafficking is when you kidnap a child for profit. In other words, if you take a child from its family and give it to somebody else for money, that's the definition of child trafficking. But what you need to recognize is that defines what the states are doing with the federal government. There was no order. There doesn't have to be an order. My baby is fine. The mommy can go without doctor's order, but not the baby. The states are taking children, giving them to somebody else for money that they get from the federal government. That means that all 50 states are involved in government subsidized child trafficking. Yeah. And that's, and, and Donna Brandenburg has been sounding the alarm on that too, because she's been freaking getting after, you know, some of the agencies and some of the, you know, the 501c3s in this uh, state and, um, you know, some of these organizations that, that, that claim to do these, you know, righteous, um, things like, you know, helping, like, I think she was talking about like Bethany services or whatever, like, and we've talked about it and you can go back and listen to the Brandenburg block hour. She talks about some of these things in great detail. And I think it's only going to ramp up here as time goes forward, because this lady is a stellar researcher and she has been digging into this. And I tell you what, she is like a pit bull on a, on, on a, on a, on a, on a turkey bone, on a ham bone. Once she digs in and she bites, oh, she is not letting go. And she is not going to stop. She's going to keep exposing this corruption. Now, let's take a listen to this. My baby is fine. The mommy can go without doctor's order, but not the baby. The states are taking children, giving them to somebody else for money that they get from the federal government. That means that all 50 states are involved in government subsidized child trafficking. It's a ring. It is the largest and most pervasive child trafficking ring in the history of the world by sheer money and numbers. 
children are seized unnecessarily from their families due to the federal aid entitled the Adoption and Safe Families Act. It was put into law in 1997 by Bill and Hillary Clinton, and I said it that way on purpose. And it is a law that literally steals money from the Social Security Fund and gives this money to the states in order to incentivize them to kidnap babies. To receive the adoption incentives or bonuses, local CPS must have more children. They must have more merchandise to sell. Every child, once you've added it all up, is worth approximately a million dollars to the state. Wow, a million dollars to the state. That's what I'm talking about. This is what, why they do this. That's why I, me and my wife, when we're in the store, we will not let our daughter out of our sight. And she absolutely hates it. I mean, she's going to be six. And sometimes we still put her in the seat in the cart. I mean, she absolutely hates it. But this is the kind of crap. And, you know, and this is one of the reasons why we carry. I tell you what, right now, I tell you, we live in such a messed up world. But, you know, at the end of the day, once we get our assemblies together, when, when we start getting our, our, our uh, grand juries put together and these people start hanging and they get the death sentence for these crimes against humanity, this, sh mm, this crap stops. Almost said a bad word. It has, it has been reported over and over that six times as many children die in foster care than in the general public. Six times more children die in foster care than when they're in their normal, natural home. Now, listen, I'm not saying that all parents are good and that all children's situations are perfect. Obviously not. And I'm sure there have been cases where CPS has actually done a good job, just like the last clip, a little couple clips back, what we just heard. Just because a doctor cures cancer on one instance, later on that next day, he's killing people with remdesivir. You know, just like a priest who's preaching up there at the, you know, at the altar, talking about the word of God, but later that night, he's trying to, lure underage boys into his, you know, into his home. It's sick. And it goes beyond the scope of understanding and comprehension, I think, for a lot of people, because it is such a heinous crime and such a disgusting thing that, you know, anybody who is just got even a few brain cells to rub together would even recognize that this is the most disgusting kind of thing that any human being could ever engage in. Why would a man or a woman ever want to do this to a little boy or girl? Why would you want to kidnap? Why would you want to do anything sexual to a little boy or girl or a baby? Why do you think it's good to make a profit off selling the soul of someone that you're going to damage and possibly have murdered for the sake of making a little few bucks? Boy, I tell you what, I hope those people out there, if they listen to this, I really hope God has mercy on your souls and you better repent of your sins because, buddy, when we the people stand up and more people start coming to the realization of your ugly truths that, you know, these ugly truths that you have all been engaged in, you are going to be hanging at the gallows and you are going to die after a conviction and a trial. Crimes against humanity. 
These are crimes against humanity for financial gain. Rights are removed from parents, human rights, civil rights, and even religious rights. But this yeah, and that's why we have to get our assemblies in order. That's why we need to reconvene our, our, our assembly of states, get our grand juries you know, impaneled. We need a huge pool of jurists. The time to sitting on the sidelines and writing coattails ends today. Don't do it because you want to get rid of taxes. Don't do it because you don't want to pay property taxes on your house. Don't do it because you want to become sovereign. You need to do it because two reasons. One, we need to get God back into this nation first. Second, we need to get rid of these crimes against humanity. We need to protect the children, the orphans, the widows, the voiceless, the elderly. Let's not forget the elderly that got killed in 2020 through these freaking COVID camps that we call assisted living homes. It's bullshit. And Whitmer is going to be at the top of the list to hang. And Newsom and Wolf and Murphy. And don't forget nipple rings Cuomo in New York City. I am Andrew Cuomo. Hear what I tell you, New Yorkers. Shut up, Cuomo. You're going to be pushed right to the front of the line. These freaking people are sick little... Mm -mm. I can't even say it. This, this is an, uh, a level and order of magnitude in terms of wickedness right up there with abortion and all other great evils. Man-stealing is a capital crime, meaning God says those people who kidnap or who steal other men by force are worthy of death. Amen. Those who steal another man or woman yeah god said it best are worthy of death last clip there are hundreds of children in arizona who are missing right now from state custody state lawmakers are now questioning how 70 foster kids can go missing in the meantime the arizona department of child safety says tonight they can't locate 44 children who are supposed to be in their custody. Investigators believe the four children may have been taken from their foster home. They recovered 25 missing and endangered children over wow. the last month. One in four was part of what they believe an alleged human trafficking situation. In Orange County last year, they had um, a bust for these traffickers. 65% of those victims were wards of Child Protective Services. Yeah. All these children under CPS magically just disappear. Where'd they go? Donna's been raising this question in the Brandenburg block hour here on, you know, on the Friday night, you know, the Friday morning show. And it's like Destry was saying, we need to provide oversight over the lower three branches and clean house. And we need enough people in each county and each state to do this. And I'm telling you right now, watch Michigan because Michigan is going to rise to the top here very quickly. I, I, I believe by the end of the year. Again, watch what happens. This is going to be a very interesting year. As he says, a year of astonishment. And yes, like Karen the River was saying, we should not be assembling for financial gain. We should not be assembling for our own self-interest. We need to be assembling so we can return again, return back to God and get these sick people, which yes, we have to pray for them, as much as it freaking hurts my 
brain and comprehension to do so. We do have to pray for these people, but we need to assemble and clean this house. And we need your participation, America, because the children need to be saved. There's a reason why this drip, drip, drip is starting to become more of a steady stream and eventually is going to become a flood of information. We're trying to avoid you from popping, from getting this information overload like Neo in the Matrix. It's time to shut down this de facto government from meddling in families. Our covenant forbids this. <sighs> Sorry for some of the bad words, but this is a big problem. It's a big problem. This is one of the reasons why I'm so glad I got out of DJing and got out of the nightclub life because I've heard stories with certain nightclub owners that I used to perform and, you know, sets in different nightclubs across the country. There's one guy, he and his wife, who was a Vietnamese woman. It always seemed like they had an abundance of Vietnamese kids with them all the time in his Escalade. What were they doing with them? At the time, I didn't put two and two together. I just thought they had a lot of kids. But he also, I come to find out, he was a big cocaine dealer too. There was a nightclub in Wisconsin. I'm not going to say his name, but there's been a few nightclub owners that I have known that have been involved with some very dirty dealings. Hugh Hefner, his house is getting dismantled, was considered one of, uh, there was a list I saw on Telegram that was like a list of 34 satanic sites. And yeah, the Playboy Mansion was one of them. Oh, and so is the, um, what's that stupid lingerie store? Um, um, oh, Victoria's Secret. The Victoria's Secret Mansion as well. You know what Victoria's Secret is? I got news for you. They're not all women. Yeah, so if you dudes out there oogling freaking Victoria's Secret catalogs, just know you're looking at dudes. Mm-hmm. But this ain't about dudes who like to do weenie snips. We're talking about children here. Okay? And what happened with Hugh Hefner, I believe he, you know, from what I've been reading, that he was supposedly a CIA slash Mossad agent. And speaking of Vietnamese babies, he, he, with his Playboy bunny plane, would actually bring in Vietnamese babies into the States for what reason and for who and why and for how much God only knows. But yeah, as we speak, if not, if it hasn't already been completely dismantled, it is in the process of being dismantled, just like Epstein's properties. These operations are taking place actively, but in order for this to expedite and to increase ever, ever, you know, to, to get it on a, on a higher, um, to get it back, you know, to go from second to third gear and then to fourth gear, we need people's participation because we can't do this with just a few hundred. I mean, listen, we probably could because anything through God is possible. I mean, look at Gideon and 300, right? I mean, so he was able to, you know, use 300 instead of the 10,000. But the point is, is that if you want to fix the problems of America and regain your sovereignty and, and protect your children's future and your grandchildren and even your great-grandchildren and other generations to come, you need to get rid of the garbage out because the garbage, gonna, the garbage is what's going to come after your children. All right. I think this has gone on long enough. 
I think we're going to end this in a prayer because I think we all get the hint of what's going on here. But if if you get a chance, it's an it's 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 a hard listen, it's a hard watch. But go over to stupeters.com or you can find them on Podbean. Listen to that uh, documentary that I played a few sound clips from. Listen to it from it, you know, through its entirety, the little ones. And um, it, it, yeah, it's it's very interesting. It's a very interesting, well put together documentary. But it's a hard listen. I'm going to tell you right now, it's very hard to listen to. But it is something that we still need to be very much aware of. And I'm going to sit here and tell you again, not because they're just words, but I'm going to tell you, these are words that have strong actions that will make an effect. Your assembly of states and counties is how we fix this deeply rooted problem. And I'm going to tell you right now, Donna Brandenburg sees the value in that. And she knows, she understands that she comprehends that the assemblies are the only way with the military at the behest of the people's orders. So with that, I'm going to play the warrior's prayer and then I'll add on to that prayer. Heavenly Father, your warrior prepares for battle. Today I claim victory over Satan by putting on the whole armor of God. I put on the girdle of truth. May I stand firm in the truth of your word, so I will not be a victim of Satan's lies. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. May it guard my heart from evil, so I will remain pure and holy, protected under the blood of Jesus Christ. I put on the shoes of peace. May I stand firm in the good news of the gospel so your peace will shine through me and be a light to all I encounter. I take the shield of faith. May I be ready for Satan's fiery darts of doubt, denial, deceit, so I will not be vulnerable to the spiritual defeat. I put on the helmet of salvation. May I keep my mind focused on you, so Satan will not have a stronghold on my thoughts. I take the sword of spirit. May the two-edged sword of your word be ready in my hands so I can expose the tempting words of Satan. By faith, your warrior has put on the whole armor of God. I am prepared to live this day in spiritual victory. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to continue on with this prayer. Father, forgive my language first off, but you know my heart. You know the hearts of the righteous. You know who your servants are. You know who your warriors are. We're here to fight for you. And yes, sometimes the fight is hard. Sometimes we get exhausted. We get beat down by this, you know, by the evil corruption that's out there. But Father, keep giving us strength. Keep giving us your armor. Shield us from evil. We need to protect your children, not just your children, but the actual literal children of the world. No more abortions, no more child trafficking, no more child sex trafficking, no more drug trafficking, no more murder. It's time. It's time to put evil away where it belongs. We need to get a thousand years of peace. It's time. So Father, give us the marching orders. Give us our decrees. Let us know what we need to do. And we will follow it 100% and we will execute. In your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ, we pray, amen.
And so, as I've always said, here at his hard line, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. It's very important you hear those words. I picked those three words for a reason, because God said it in my heart to place those words as the description of what his hard line is. And who is his? What's his hard line? It's Jesus's hard line. It's God's hard line. It's not my hard line. It's not Jason Jones's hard line. It's God's hard line. And we are going to be here as warriors for Christ to keep the enemy from crossing that hard line. We're here to hold that ultimate hard line. And the enemy has crossed it one too many times. And yes, we do rely on the protection of divine providence, and we will do our part as warriors for Christ to hold that line. And as it states in Joshua 1, 9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Proceed forward, ladies and gentlemen. Proceed forward, hardliners and warriors for Christ, and never waver. This is your land. This is your country. This is your life. And let's not forget the lives of the children. Whether if they're our children or not, we need to own those children as if they are our own family. Own it. Protect it. Have a blessed day or night wherever you're at in the world, and we will see you back here tomorrow for another 1% with him. Good night. This puppet show stays on because of you fools We've been dancing with the devil way too long I know it's fun but get ready to pay your dues All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you so very much for joining us here for another His Heartline discussion. Don't forget to share this website, www.hisheartline.com. Share this podcast far and wide. And remember, as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that's what it means to be a hardliner. We are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. We are warriors for Christ, and this is the Lord's fight. It's time to take this nation back. 
and return God back at the top of the throne where he belongs. Thank you for joining us again and come back again. Have a blessed night.